Welcome to Bag of Cans. I said that then as if I was, I don't know why, as if there was going to be some sort of reaction to me saying it. Woo! <laughs> Thanks, mate. I realised as soon as I started then. Uh, welcome back to Bag of Cans. First one we've done in a few weeks because um, I can't remember why. I think I think you went out on the piss last week. I went out on the week before. I think we're just pretty... We find it difficult to tie each other down, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we really don't live that busy life to it all, really. Yeah, we pretend to, though, don't we? Absolutely. I think basically we're just tired a lot, but I suppose that's just being an adult, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, football and boxing podcast. We've normally just been talking about football recently, well, when we have been doing it, but we can start with a banger today. We can start with some boxing. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> uh, big news of the weekend: AJ losing his unified titles to. So he did. Former cruiserweight, undisputed, and now heavyweight unified Ukrainian monster Alexander Usyk. Now, I think I know the answer to this question. Did you watch the fight on Saturday, Tom? I am feel. Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I am for you. I am for you. He's a weird bloke, isn't he? He's great. He's just—he looks like he touches kids, doesn't he? I can't. Uh, that, I, that, I would. I wouldn't dare that say that to him. Yeah, no, nor would I. He's great. He looks like he touches kids. That probably shouldn't follow each other, should it? Um, no, I didn't watch it. That um, says a lot about you. I was you, watching. Though. I was um, busy watching the second greatest band on earth. Tear up Manchester, which was great. Um, I was a little bit sad when I found out, to be honest. Um, I'm not as big of an AJ fan as I used to be by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't know. You always want the Brits to win, don't you? Yeah, I mean... Aside from the Fury, it's... So we'll get onto Fury, not straight away. But if if AJ, if it wasn't for the potential of AJ Fury, I probably would have wanted Usyk to win. But I, think, I just think it's kind of a cool story. And he's fucking good, isn't he? He's a guy I kind of like. Yeah, he's really good. And AJ, I'm, I don't dislike the guy, but I'm not his biggest fan, I think, as you as you well know. Um, so, yeah, I probably would have been rooting for Usyk if it wasn't for the fact that I want to see Joshua Fury for all the belts. But it was... Yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it as a fight. I'm surprised um, you can remember it, mate. I wasn't as fucked as you'd think. Just a surprise, yeah, that's so. all. Yeah. I was quite pissed, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, but yeah, I was sort of loosely scoring it as you go along. And well, I don't know if it was true or not, but I saw Hearn say afterwards that Joshua was winning after eight and Usyk just took nine, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, he's posted the cards, didn't he, on Twitter? Which I think some people really disagreed with. I I didn't, to be honest. I think that I thought it was just the commentary, the bits I could hear, I was in a pretty lively bar was sort of saying that they were sort of saying Usyk was miles ahead, which it sounds like some people thought he was. Um, I didn't after after eight or nine, but... He was on comms. I can't remember that. I couldn't I couldn't hear it fully. It was on Sky, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on, it was on box office. Yeah. It was Adam Smith, I'm sure it was. It always is, isn't it? I can't remember who with. But yeah, I've, I don't I don't think it was like... It was one of them where the rounds are probably quite close, but the winner, I don't think you can really have any doubt about. So whether you give yeah. it to Usyk by two or whether you give it to him by four or five, 
is sort of irrelevant. It was just yeah, yeah it definitely won that fight. With you, I, mean, I was saying I was saying this to someone at work that like my prediction before the fight was pretty similar to yours. I think I thought AJ was just going to keep it really really long. He wasn't going to you know box his head off by any stretch of the imagination, but he was just going to nullify him with his size. And I was so convinced that that was going to happen. But now Usyk won and he put on a masterclass. I'm just like, why did I think... going to do that. Yeah. yeah, why did I think anything else? Like, he's so... He had, like, five billion amateur fights, Olympic gold medalist, um, undisputed cruiserweight champion, and we thought Anthony Joshua, who can't... I'm not going to say can't box, isn't... Isn't an elite, well, elite like, boxer. not a boxer, is he? It's not an elite boxer. He's more of a no. boxer puncher, isn't he? And although he was, he's like, I don't know, half a foot taller than him or whatever it is. Like, I, why did I just, not just... It's just interesting. When, heart, you, yeah. when you watch it back and you... I think... I mean, even if... He, I saw Matthew Macklin say something afterwards and he said even if he does change how to how we all thought he probably should fight and definitely think he will in a rematch, doesn't mean mm. he wins still. Right. But it gives him, well, I think certainly... A, better chance but I think we both thought he was going to win it late because he was going to be he was going to be bigger he was going to be yeah just just heavier and lean yeah. and just leaning on him using, using that size. power yeah. using the size and and even when he came in you know he wasn't really light but it was as light as he was last time he hadn't put anything on yeah even then I was still like he's still going to be too big he's still going to be too big and well I said to you didn't I that the fact that AJ was the smallest or one of the smallest he's been and Usyk was the biggest he's ever been and AJ still looked so, so much bigger. Yeah. That to me was just like writings on the wall. How oh, fucking was, wrong were we, mate? It, yeah, it was interesting because he didn't even... He didn't even fight... He didn't fight like it at all. It's for a heavyweight... Well, for any boxing match, but especially for a heavyweight boxing match, there were yeah. so few clinches in it, mate. Really? So few clinches. Because I was expecting Joshua to be... I wasn't expecting him to come in like a fucking bull in a china shop. I wasn't expecting him to do a Derek Chisora treatment because that's not what he's like. You know, Chisora will try and get his head on your chest and just fucking make it dirty and swing punches from any angle he can. Mm. I was expecting Joshua to, to keep it long, to be fair, but commit to his shots and then clinch. Any, any time they were close to clinch, to lean on him, yeah. to walk him across the ring, lean him over the ropes, you know, that typical sort of, the sort of stuff you'll see Fury do in a fight against a smaller man and, and others others as well, but just the typical big man style of fighting. And he yeah, didn't. He was, he was stood in the pocket a lot. I and, kept, like, the highlights that I've seen, there's a few times where, where he got caught, I don't know what round it was, where he got caught badly, but, like, he'd take half a step backwards and just, like, it was like rub, rubbit in the headlights a little bit, wasn't it? Like, he was... Yeah, a little bit, yeah. ...scared to... Like he doesn't, in between he doesn't really, he he doesn't really do. commit. And, and people will say, oh, he doesn't want to get knocked out again or blah. I don't know the fucking reasons why. But he doesn't look committed to like no. putting punches together with real conviction. Which and, is what uh, he was so good at in the early part of exactly, his career. Exactly, exactly. He's not really that big knockout thing. And he could change his style. He could walk in, you know what, he could get knocked out a second time around because he'd be too big and he'd gas. But yeah, sure. you know, this, this style of fight, and he sat in the pocket a lot, he didn't really close the range up or keep it long enough where his reach was going to was going to win. And 
What was the other thing I was going to say? And because he didn't really clinch up, not only is he not tiring Usyk out by leaning on him, but like Bell, you said, when he fought Usyk and whenever you watch him, the guy's constantly moving in front of you. Mm-hmm. As an opponent, you constantly have to concentrate. You have to... The little foot movements, the little feints that he does all the time, you're constantly having to reset yourself. You're constantly having to... Yeah, just all the little movements, it adds up over a course of a fight. So... I, I can't really see Joshua beating him a sec, you know, if they do a rematch, but no, you know, the guy, he, he might improve. There was a lot of complaints about there being too many voices in the corner and them not really helping him that much, being really? a little bit too being a little bit too positive. But I I couldn't hear this, so this is more this is just things I've read on the internet, which might be absolute bollocks. There's always conspiracy. Well, not conspiracy, that's the wrong word, but some people just try and try some like people, make stuff like, up for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah, they want to be the person who fucking knows all. And the reality yeah. is, you haven't got a fucking clue, mate. Chill out. Absolutely, get fucked. Get fucked. Where do you reckon? Well, they're gonna have to do the rematch. Yeah, um, I think if AJ loses the rematch, this might sound a bit rogue. I think he probably retires. Unless, like, because my worry is right that. No, there's still fights out there. No, there's still fights out there. But, like, you're going to... And it's on a completely different level, so don't take this on face value. But you are going to get to a same point with Fury and Joshua if they do end up fighting two years down the line after all the rematches and whatever, where you're going to have a Mayweather-Pacquiao situation where they fight way after they should have done even on a lower level, like you can't and you brook fight. It's just never happened, never happened, never happened. And I'd ra- half rather than just not fight if they're going to fight two years down the line with Nish on the line. Thing is, mate, I, I, I don't know who it was saying it into the build-up of this. It might have been Hearn saying that this fight was a bit of a rarity in the sense that you've got two guys actually at the top of the game in prime who are fighting because those no. fights don't happen. No. They just don't happen. I, don't, I, I, you know, I can't speak for 30 years ago because we weren't, watching boxing but in our lifetimes the, the best fighting the best at, at their best mm. just doesn't happen no. just doesn't happen you even look at like Canelo Golovkin he he made sure he waited a couple of years before he yep. took the Golovkin fight didn't absolutely. he absolutely imagine <laughs> imagine if Wada just sleeps here you know all that dreams of a fucking unified w- fight w- like weirder things will have happened as well sure like, Whatever we think about Wilder, he could I very much doubt he would. I still think, like, say AJ came back and he lost, then the Wilder fight's going to be there. Yeah. The Dill White fight is always going to be there. See, that's what was in my head. So I think if Usyk loses, sorry, if he, if AJ loses the rematch again, that's the fight to make. I was even, had an argument in my own head that he's going to take the rematch, isn't he? But I would half yeah. kind of... If not, if I was advising him, but still just sack off that rematch because I think it's such a hard fight. The second one, probably harder than the first one. I, I might be wrong, and then just fight Dillian White now. I think that'd be so good. Why you just want to see it? Just, you just want to see it for a good fight, don't you? Absolutely. And this is the thing that like, I I don't care if Joshua loses another time or if he doesn't lose. If he's in, if he's going to be involved in exciting fights, I want to watch. Mm. This is why, like someone right. like Amir Khan, I know a lot of people hate him. But that's why they fucking loved him in America. Yeah. Because he was always in exciting fights. Yeah. And fight. as a fan, the record, go, the record goes, unless like someone is your absolute, yeah, this is my guy. 
Mm. Unless it's that, you don't care about the record anyway, do you? You just yeah, want to see sure. people fight. Yeah, sure. So that'd be good. Fury, I mean, who knows? We might be in a situ- situation where we're watching Fury versus Usyk in a, six months, a year's I, I, time. How good would that be, though? That'd be good. I don't want to dedicate too much thought to that until Fury's not been knocked out by Wilder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just look at this fucking talking hypotheticals again, aren't we? Absolutely. But though, just back to Usyk for a second. Like, yeah, yeah. That bloke is just a freak, isn't he? Like, Incredible. I was seeing arguments. It probably puts him second on the pound for pound list, no? It's hard to disagree with how he cleared up Absolutely cleared up. You know what's also wicked about Usyk? We can add this one to the list. Where he's been for his mm. fights. He never fights at home. He's, right. All his big fights, all his world title fights, I'm pretty sure all his world title fights, have been in the other guy's backyard. Yeah. All the cruise wreck ones were in the other lad's backyard. Didn't, where did he beat Bellew in the UK? I know that's not fucking huge, but he still beat him in the UK. Beat Chisora in the UK. I am feel. I am gone to, feel. Gone to Tottenham's ground and beat AJ. That's all right. People around there are used to getting beat. Fair play to the bloke. Fair um, play to him. The card. I didn't watch all that much of the card. Oh, my God. Did you see Callum Smith leave that geezer just twitching on the floor? No. Nah. No, nah, I missed that. No, nah, I didn't get into the... Into I the don't... Uh, like, beneath, beneath the surface of the light heavyweight division, aside from domestically, I don't know an awful lot about it, um, aside from the champions, but... The bloke that he was fighting, I can't even remember his name now, but apparently he's a pretty Bastia. good like, Yeah, good yardstick for the... Um, I'm always dubious that. I'd love to give it a... Let me go Sorry. on Google and quickly, uh, quickly box wreck Lennon Cast- Castillo because you know what promoters say. But he chinned him in the second round and the bloke was literally vibrating on the floor. It's pretty disturbing, to be honest. That's horrible. I'd love to see Callum Smith win another world title. I like him a lot. Always have done. Oh, okay, so is it? That it, it's not that bad. A, that is actually a decent yardstick. So, so I'm pretty sure he took. Uh, was it Baturbiev or Bivol that he took Bivol. points? Did he take him to points? Yeah, he lost. So his last his last fight was against a bit of a nobody, uh, which he won, and then the fight before, two years ago, was was Bivol. Yeah. Mm. Lost by unanimous. So apparently, Bivol was stinking in that fight, but yeah, even so, yeah, that's there's a lot more credit to that than they normally than they would normally put in against for someone. They'd normally just hype them up a bit, don't they? But yeah, that was the only thing I saw on the undercard aside from Campbell Hatton. Apparently, getting a oh, harder decision, decision goes where. That's the that's the other fight I watched. Why do they kill? Why are they building him like this though? Why they are they putting, putting him on, on these? Why are they putting him on these cards? cards? He's nineteen, isn't he? Is he nineteen? Yeah, and he's got like his dad. His dad had that much pedigree, I'm pretty sure. Decent. Campbell, one, yeah. ha- Campbell Hatton's not got much of a pedigree. He's had like four amateur fights or something stupid. They just, it's he not, just it's sees, not, uh, but he sees Connor Ben, doesn't he? That's the kind of. It's just, it's not, it's not fair on the kid. I mean, it's not yeah. fair on other people who deserve to be fighting on these cards. And I don't really get it because it's not like you need the Hatton name on this card. Yeah. Right. Like it's AJ fucking Usyk. No one is thinking, oh, shall I pay for AJ Usyk? Oh, Campbell Hatton's on the card. I'll definitely pay for it. Absolutely. Like, he's not doing any benefit to the card to promote it. 
Just pad his record on a little time, not even necessarily, but just give him experience. Get on yourself like, down fucking your on the, on, the Liver, on the Liverpool show next week, Fowler-Smith, get him on shows like that. Like Not pathetic little, you know, waste of times, but... There's no wrong with a fucking pathetic little waste of time anyway. Like, he should be away, grinding, yeah. learning his craft a bit. Yeah, I think it's it's terrible management. No, I I agree, mate. I don't think he needs to be... I don't even think he needs to be visible at the minute, mate. No, maybe not. I don't know who's managing him, though. I know that... um, What's his name? Matthew Hartman's training him, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. Yeah, I was... was, Yeah, it was was a fucking robbery as well. Was it really? Was it that bad? Oh, mate. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I had him barely winning. I had him winning a couple of rounds tops. Really? But yeah, that was the only. I don't think I saw the Akoli fight. He must have been on. That must have just not been watching it. Um, and then same I'm, I'm dead interested to see how Akoli gets on at heavyweight and how long it is until he moves up because he's huge, mate. He looks like he can fill out as well, doesn't he? He looks like he's got a bit... At the minute, he's got a bit of a coat hanger frame. Yeah, it looks a bit like a wardrobe, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw a picture of him next Put to Chisora. Put something in the wardrobe. Picture of him next to Chisora, and he looked massive compared to him. Chisora's not particularly tall, but even like width-wise. Um, but now, AJ Usyk, been and gone. Lived up to some sort of expectations as a boxing fan. Yeah, absolutely. Just kicking myself that I didn't see it coming, but oh well. Yeah, innit? I remember a few years ago, I went to um, I went to George Groves versus Chris Eubank. Mm. And the same sort of thing happened. You sort of got yourself into this... You got yourself caught on the hype train that Eubank could do a job on him. Yeah, absolutely. And he sat and you watched him. Groves won it probably 8-4, maybe 9-3 in a bit of a... Not a masterclass, but just in a dominant boxing display. I was so it. adamant though. Come away thinking like, like how, on his, how how didn't I know yeah. that was going to happen? Like one of my mates messaged me the, either the day before or whatever saying stinks of Usyk points. I was like, literally no way. <laughs> oh, fucking idiot. Oh, we well. just get blinded a bit, don't we? Yeah. Oh, well. Um, on from one thing that we get terribly wrong to your team that gets things probably wrong. Did you watch Cardiff last night? Thankfully, the... Um, so when we're playing on games that aren't on Sky or whatever, Dad's got one of them like chipped fire stick things. Yeah, you yeah. can get most of the games on. Thankfully, the stream kept cutting out. <laughs> but let me put this into very clear words for you. We played five centre-halves with three centre-defensive mids and conceded four goals at home. <laughs> Wait, what, like, what the fuck is that? But this happens... Cardiff need to start looking with him, mate, because this happens with happened with Warnock, happened with Harris, and now it's happening with um, McCarthy. They come in, they do well. Granted, Warnock did well for a little bit longer than the other two, but they do well, the players react, and then after about six months of it all going fine and dandy, we start playing like absolute morons and can't start shipping goals, can't score goals, and then it's all blamed on the manager. Grant admit McCarthy's an absolute robot of a 1970s footballer or whatever it was that he was younger. Um, but it's just, it's painful, mate. We've got some half-decent championship players. 
but then we've got three donkey of centre-halves that he persists on playing because they can head the ball in from a corner. Oh, I'm just fucking over it, mate. Mate, he's playing two centre-halves at full-back. Absolutely unbelievable. That's that says no all, doesn't it? That says all about your style of football, doesn't it? And then he dropped Keith for more of all people, our best player by a no, he didn't. Mile. Yeah. Who for? Fucking James Collins, the tractor on legs. And you don't like him, do you? I'd like to see them two up top yeah. together. I wouldn't. <laughs> Desperate yeah. times, isn't it? What was the score yeah. the weekend? Didn't you get pumped then as well? 5 1, Burton hat trick. Done. I think if we lose to Redden, he'll be gone. But then I say that, but we've been cost cutting since he starts since he came in. We get rid of him. Who the hell comes and manages us? Chris Wilder. <laughs> touches with a barge pole. He wouldn't touch you now. He wouldn't touch you now. He's only going to go somewhere where he really sees he can get himself getting getting promoted. Otherwise, he's going to become a championship manager, and he doesn't want that, does he? Exactly. Oh well. He don't want that. What else has been going on in the world of football? I, I, I was just thinking about who else you could actually get in, mate. Hewton. Hewton's available. <laughs> but he's, oh, he's, I don't think he'll be jumping straight back into a job, will he? After how Forrest has gone no. for him. We'll end up getting Warnock back. He's, got he's, a not far, thing. he's not far off the sack at Middlesbrough, I don't think. They're struggling, aren't they? I, think, I think they're a bit wobbly, but I think they did, uh, they did Sheffield United last night. So Bamba playing at centre-half for him again, aren't they? Pretty yeah. Signing back, mate, you can start playing six. Where are Middlesbrough in the league? Well, he's a premiership, he's a premiership holding midfielder though, and he's Sol Bamba. I don't know what he is. He's <laughs> a lovely man, is what he is. Yeah, Middlesbrough are a point above us. Go on, Neil, get the sack. Would you have him back? Absolutely. In a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> At least you'd get some comedies if, if the results weren't going well, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Oh, your boys are struggling and all, aren't they? Yeah, we are, mate. Is it six games now or five? I don't know. Have you been found out a bit or what? Nah, I, I, I know this sounds... I, I, find, I think that sounds just a bit... It's just one of the things that's easy for people to say, like, you've been found out. Think, like, you don't really I, have a special thing to be found out, do you? You just run a lot. Well, I, I watched this... I didn't watch this against West Ham. I was away. But I watched all the other games... And to be honest, the West Ham game, we were missing a lot of players. I was expecting to lose, if I'm being honest, but just to lose in the last minute is fucking gutting. Mm. But the, I've watched all the games previous, and I wouldn't say we've been found out. I'd just say we're playing shit. Mm. Like, it doesn't really matter what style of football you've got if people can't hit the target or if you're giving the ball away in stupid positions or you can't, you can't make relatively simple passes. You could be playing any style of football. And you're not going to win football matches here. Yeah, the, the only disappointing one was against Newcastle, but to be honest, that was just two shit teams. Looking yeah. at it, like it could have been. It, both teams would be gutted they didn't win the game because they had enough chances and enough of the ball in dangerous areas. But mm. at the same time, you'd be happy to draw because you gave the other team so many times they could have fucking scored against you. So, yeah, it's just one of them at the minute. I'm not. Like I would, it would have been good to get a point against West Ham because we're going on to what you would call a run of winnable games. Yeah. So if we'd been able to take that point against West Ham, then go into them, that would have been good. But you know, a couple more games before I start panicking. But I, I do think we're panic, 
we're, we're banging a relegation battle at the minute. You reckon? Yeah, maybe not like... Well, yeah, I think we're one of them teams that, are, that aren't... You're not safe from it, if you know what I mean. I don't look at us and go yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we'll definitely be clear of it at the minute. Tell you yeah. what, right? I think you backtracked when we did our um, Premier League predictions and didn't predict for Brighton to go down. But it was me that did. And now they're... They could have gone top of the Premier League, though, right? <laughs> I fancied Brighton. I think I said, I think I, I said you Norwich. fancied them, and then you were like, no, no, I think Brighton are going to stay up. And I was like, Brighton are gone, 100%. No, I thought, I think I, fan- I think I fancied Brighton a little bit. I had Norwich, Watford, I think, and I think. I think Palace are one of mine. Yeah, I think maybe. it's Palace because because Lindsay messaged me the other week. I don't know if you know Lindsay. I think you think you do. Possibly. He messaged me the other week saying it was after we did the, our last podcast and I'd said this about Palace, and then like three days later they went and beat Spurs three 0 Three 0 yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so that one came back to bite me a little bit. But uh, yeah, Brighton are flying, aren't they? Yeah, looks like it's going to be a good Premier League season. I haven't really watched any of them this season, but my brother said he watched them on Monday night. And he said, like, it was like, obviously not not, the, not all of the quality, but he says the way they the, the way they try and play football, you'd think you could easily mistake them for a much better team, like a, yeah, a top absolutely. team, the way they'll try and beat the press with uh, playing the ball out from the back. There's always a surprise package, though, isn't there? There often is. Um, yeah. A lot of fun. Did you watch Arsenal Tottenham at the weekend, by the way? Uh, bits and bobs. Oh, my word, Tottenham looks shit. Awful, aren't they? Tottenham looks shit. And then afterwards, anyone who likes Graham Soonis as a pundit nowadays needs to fucking give their head away. I can't stun that bloke. I liked him for a bit longer than I think most did. But, mate, this, at, the, at the end of the... Well, it was like right at the end of the show and Gary Neville had come down and, and Neville... Almost always speaks sense, doesn't he? I don't agree with everything he says, but I think you can always understand his logic. He was sort of, there was loads of bits, but this bit in particular, he was sort of saying that looking at his Tottenham team, they just look like they don't want to play this style of football and therefore it's, yeah, it's, yeah, not, yeah. They're not, it's not getting the best out of them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He was basically saying, look, they can, you can almost subconsciously be trying harder when you're playing for a different manager or playing for a thing, which yeah. I think... That's surely logical, just having watched football matches. Yeah, absolutely. It's, why, it's, it's just why some managers succeed and why others yeah, do. Like, yeah, Graham Soonis is there like, well, when I was a player, I didn't care who was the manager. Oh, like, we off, ran man. around and, did, and it's like, geez. But you all played Christ. 4-4-2. Yeah, he's just a fucking, <laughs> yeah. fucking twat. Yeah, he's just running around booting people. Absolutely. So, yeah, Graham Soonis ran over. Got anything else you want to talk about? So I've got I've got a bit of trivia for you, unless there's anything that's oh well, make me look stupid, right. mate. Thank you. I can't remember why I uh th- I picked this one a few weeks ago when we were gonna do a, a pod and then for whatever reason we didn't. So it must have been something that happened with defenders. Mm. And actually, no, what triggered it is I saw this in a book oh. and I was like, fucking hell, that's incredible. So I've got the top 10 all-time scoring defenders at club level. Okay. I think it's... What, around the world or what? I think it's Europe, but it might be around the world. I'm going to guess that most of them are European. No, nah, it's mostly European, but they are... They are... Uh, the, the goals are around the world. 
It's club football. Let me just have a quick look at these. How many? Because I've written low down because you won't get them all because you won't have heard of all of them. Okay. Right. So of the ten, yeah, maximum seven. Okay. Oh, that's a push. Maximum um, seven. Okay. But I, I don't think any of them are active. Uh, maybe one of them's active. One of them's active. I think one of them's active. That one will be Sergio Ramos, maybe. Well done. Sergio Ramos is number seven. Follow me. Scored uh, 106 the... goals. Can you name the clubs? Just to... What do you mean, name the clubs? All that of his clubs. That he scored for. Uh, Real Madrid. And... Is it they start at Sevilla? Well done. Two for two. He oh. hasn't scored at PSG, I don't think yet. Well, he hasn't, according to this. I think he's played, has he? Yeah, good point. Um, Roberto Carlos on there? Number six, Roberto Carlos. There's no chance you get in his clubs. No, I'm not going to try. No. Um, John Terry? No, not in this list. Ooh. I thought that was a bit of a banker. Um, oh my God, my brain's gone blank already. Um, not like one of the old AC Milan boys they they in there? Nah, those fuckers barely lift, barely lift their own off. No. Proper defenders. Um, let's have a look here. Let me see about some clues. Dennis Irwin. No, not Dennis Irwin. So you've got two of these are managers at a good or very, very good level. Good or very good level. Good or very good level. One of them is a Premier League manager. Put that one in there. Okay. Uh, no one's a Premier League manager. He played for Gillingham, Norwich. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm way out. Manchester um, United, Birmingham City and Sheffield United. Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce is number eight. How the fuck is Steve Bruce in this list and Dennis Irwin isn't? I want to check in. Steve Bruce bagged. Yeah, but Dennis Irwin used to take free kicks and penalties, mate. He didn't take that many. Steve Bruce yeah. is fucking... We might as well be taking the corners. He might have fucking knocked it in. Uh, speaking of penalty takers, prolific penalty taker at number five. In what league? English leagues. Probably all of the English leagues. I was going to say Graham Alexander then, but I don't think he was a defender, was he? Graham fucking Alexander. I'm not having that. He was a centre mid, I'm sure he was. He's a right back. Maybe he moved into centre mid in the last stage of his career. He's a right back. Well, that's how I remember him. That's Bernie's right back. I would never, ever forget that. Penalty he took a common route against with the outside of his outside boot. Of his boot. He corner. used to regularly take him with the outside yeah. of his boot. Graham Alexander's number five. So the the three that you'll still get, or yeah, you're gonna need some clues, are, are, are three of the top four. Okay. So the fourth one, you won't have seen a lot of him play, but you will have seen some of him play. 
So is he um, like nineties and early noughties? I think that's probably about right. That doesn't really narrow it down for me, mate, really. No, it wouldn't. He's French. Desai. He's also managed. No, not, not Desai. He's, he's probably managing now. I don't know where he's managing. He has managed. I think he managed the national team. Uh, no idea. He's Who played, he play for? He played for Barcelona. Played for Inter. He played for United. Oh, what's his name? Blanc. Laurent Blanc. Laurent Blanc. He scored 137 goals. Oh, it's good going. Oh, is what's his name on there? Ronald Koeman. Ah, you pulled it out of the bag. He's the top one. Nice. I should have got that earlier. Listen to how many he's got. He scored as a centre half. Go on. 535 matches. Mm-hmm. 239 goals. Fucking awesome. He used to bag free kicks for jokes, though, didn't he? Yeah. He used to score from fucking miles out loads. Yeah, so he did. In, what in this, got one more. You've got one more. <laughs> this is probably the this is probably the toughest of all the ones that I thought you'd get. Okay. Now he was the Spanish. He's Spanish. There you go. Now, he was their top scorer. This shows you how bad that Spanish teams were, by the way. He was their top scorer. or not their teams, their players. He was their top scorer until, like, Villa, Torres and Raul overtook him. But this guy was was ahead of them. Uh, most famous, biggest, he was a Real Madrid player out of the Spanish clubs. But he also spent some time. He's got like in... jet black hair. Yeah. What's his name? I know he also name. spent some time in the northwest of England. Oh, what's his fucking name? Playing under Sam Aladici. No. Given up? Yeah. With 134 goals in 545 appearances and third on this list, it's Fernando Hierro. I don't think I would have guessed that, but I knew it was him now you said it. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Um, just for anyone listening who is desperate to know the other three, at number two is the Argentinian Daniel Passarella. Played for River Plate, Fiorentina, and Inter Milan. At number nine, we have Japanese person or man, Marcus Tulio Tanaka. Wait, I'm sure you'll all know him from Sanfrecce Hiroshima, Mito Hollyhock, Urara <laughs> Red Diamonds, Nagoa Grampus, or my personal favourite, Kyoto Sanger FC. <laughs> and. <laughs> And number 10. Now, this guy is a fucking cop out, right? Because I Googled him because I was like, oh, I wonder if I recognize that name or if it's just me thinking I recognize it. And it's Paul Breitner, who is German. German. And it was like, he also played loads on the left wing. Oh, right. Well, that doesn't count, does it? But fun fact for you 
he's one of, I can't remember how many now, he's one of a very small number of people to have scored in two different World Cup finals. Nice. Good going. Yeah. Only four, there you go, here's a fucking little quick one. Four players have scored in two different World Cup final matches. One is Paul Breitner. Two is Vava, whoever he is. Vava, Brazilian. There's two more absolute legends of the game who have scored in more than one World Cup final. Ronaldo. No. Miroslav Klose. No. Herd Muller. No. Should I know this? You'll get them. I'm just guessing international legends. Legends. Like legends, legends. Like fucking legends, legends. I don't know. Go on. I can't be bothered to guess. Okay, just Pele. Oh, yeah. And Zinedine Zidane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of them too. Oh, but Miroslav Kosa, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. Good bloke. Right, that was a good. That was a good bit of quizzing, actually. Um, yeah, it's great. I might have a look at some more of them in the future. Have you got? Oh, there was something we were going to talk about. We'll have, we'll have to do one next week. We we're meant to do. Well, I'll tell you afterwards. Actually, <laughs> tune in no, next week. It'll be a fucking banger. No, we we're meant to do um, football club outside of England. You'd you'd most like to play for, right? And which league outside of England you'd most like to play for? Okay, I so we'll, think we'll have we'll have a bit. We won't talk about anything that's going on next week. We'll just talk about I love that Qatari league. Oh, that's just for that cash. Yeah. You got anything else to say? No, mate. All right. See you later. Bye.